Alright, welcome back to 10 Songs with Aaron, the VIPs and MP3s edition, where I take a stroll down memory lane to talk about some very important people, as well as some of the music I associate with them. So this time around, I'm going to get into my friend Sean. I knew of Sean well before I actually met him. Sean is a little bit older than me, so he was actually friends of friends with Keith and... In addition to that, he was actually friends with Shallon as well. I had seen his name on a lot of emails and email threads that you would get. I never met him up until Keith introduced us to each other when we'd have barbecues and get-togethers. And then when he came up to Oregon State to finish up his degree, that's when I started to hang out with him a little bit more. So because Sean was a little bit older than me, he was always... Well, he was, he was cooler than me, of course. More laid back, a little more understanding so he came up during my junior year we we would always play basketball together we'd hang out play fantasy football baseball basketball that stuff we played all together when it came to you know me breaking up with stacy he was the guy that really pep talked me he he put up with me i would say when i was always down and depressed and felt bad about myself and he was the one that would really pep talk me and he's like we gotta do this and what's good about sean is he would invite me over to his place and we'd have dinner and hang out and have a couple drinks and he'd commiserate with me a little bit and you know up until the point he's like dude you just gotta get over it he was one of the few that gave me that tough love that's like you'll 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 be fine don't worry about it i've always been appreciative of sean because he gave me the advice that I needed to hear, not necessarily what I wanted to hear at that point. Again, we were friends, but we're not like super close. But he kind of looked out for me during that time when I was up there. So because Sean was a little bit, because Sean was a little older than me, he was, I think he had history helping out one of his friends who was a DJ. A lot of the music that he listened to, I knew tangentially, but I wasn't really into as much. So this would be my list of songs that I associate with Sean. So number 10, KRS-One, Step Into a World. This was number 70 in 1997. You know, KRS-One, Boogie Down Productions, old school East Coast hip hop guy from the Bronx. This is one of the few songs that hit mainstream, like Sound of the Police. You know, with Sean, he wasn't about like all the shiny suit puff daddy stuff and he wasn't about the gangster rap stuff he was more not necessarily underground hip-hop but the stuff that was a little grimier a little respect to the old school heads so krs1 was one of those types number nine the roots what they do this got to number 46 in 1996 so i'm sure a lot of you guys know quest love through jimmy fallon's band but he was part of the roots so with this group live instrumentation like a real band backing the rapper so that's what's really cool like like black thought very very much respected now as like like one of the best in the game and if you listen to the roots it's a little bit conscious hip-hop with this song they're parodying all the typical hip-hop tropes you know shiny suit champagne balling big chains and they're making fun of that stuff but they're doing it in their style which, which is really cool number eight mountain brothers galaxies Never made the Billboard 100. This was a group of three Asian Americans from Philadelphia. So this one was pretty underground when Sean introduced them to me. You know, it's always good to see 
Asian Americans do hip hop. They were like the greatest, but it's just nice to see, you know, multicultural groups out there. And they had a pretty good flow to it. The sound was real laid back. The stuff that Sean listened to was a little more, a little more jazzy in a way, like kind of like a tribe called Quest, creative, lyrically. Like I started listening to those types of hip hop stuff and I appreciate that. Number seven, Dead Prez, hip hop. This one also didn't make the Billboard Hot 100 in 1999. So Dead Prez, this one was more an aggressive stance. They also did a song, Animal in Man, that was discussing George Orwell's Animal Farm. So they were very politically inclined. They had a lot of, you know, heavy topic lyrics and stuff. I had to listen to this to, cause he would pretty much disregard me if I'm like, I like Puff Daddy. And he's like, that is just crap. Number six, Hieroglyphics, Mics of the Round Table from 1998. So the Hieroglyphics was kind of a super group that was Souls of Mischief and a lot of these Bay Area hip-hop guys. So this one a little bit more underground, kind of similar to the Mountain Brothers, but I think for the hip-hop heads, they knew the Hieroglyphics and... For me, you know, I've heard of Souls of Mischief. They had that 93 till infinity. So if you like that kind of sound, you would have liked the hieroglyphics, especially because they were kind of a super group. There was definitely a competition within the group to get who had the best verses. And I think it really brought the best out of them when you hear the hieroglyphics. Number five, Gangstar featuring Casey and Jojo Royalty. DJ Premier and Guru makeup gangstar definitely very hip-hop very east coast dj premier is one of those very well respected producers out there even now casey and jojo just kind of sang the hook to make it popular for people like me having a mainstream r&b group singing your hook gives you some radio friendly credibility so that's why i liked it you know because i liked casey and jojo and then when you hear gangstar you hear guru's flow very memorable number four rakim guess who's back from 1997 this was always sean's ringtone whenever i would make a phone because he'd love this song you know rakim is another one of those well-respected east coast rappers you know like when people have their top tens the greatest maybe 10 15 years ago we'll talk about rakim because he was he was a guy that shredded other mcs like how eminem does too current MC. So, you know, Eminem always liked Rakim, Guru, you know, the old school respect. Number three, Jeru the Damager, Playing Yourself from 1996. Again, some of these guys I really haven't heard from since. You know, maybe I only heard one song, but You Playing Yourself was pretty much all these are East Coast. Just keep that in mind, aside from hieroglyphics, because it wasn't like Sean, he didn't like the rappers about gunplay, but he liked kind of that street life, urban life, the struggle coming up from the hood that type of message is what i think appealed to like sean those, those are the songs like you know if you're doing too much you're playing yourself or if you're you know like you're you're overspending you're playing yourself that was the message from that song number two mob deep drop a gem on them from 1996 for those that listen to tupac's hit him up when he went at mob deep when he went at nas he went at biggie this was Mob Deep's response to that. Um, so they went, they went pretty hard at, at Tupac. Cause they didn't know what was the reason why, but 
I guess because he was subsequently, you know, killed, they they pulled this song from radio play, you know, out of respect to him because they didn't expect it to be, you know, real. You know, they they were they were doing on wax, but they didn't realize that this would play out in the real world as it did. So, you know, Havoc and Prodigy, Mob Deep, one of one one of the you know, one of the best groups that come out in the 90s. And number one, of course, Wu-Tang Clan, Method Man from 1993, Turn of the 36 Chambers, you know, Sean loved the Wu-Tang Clan. I've always had the affinity toward Method Man, but I think Method Man is the, he's the most mainstream of the clan. Maybe him or the RZA. You know, each of them are talented in their own right. You know, Ghostface, Genius, who else we got? Raekwon, you know, they did Inspector Deck. They're, they're all talented in their own right. But it's just, you know, I like Method Man because the voice and it's kind of like he had funny, quirky one-liners, but he still keeps it pretty street. And I don't know, it's, you know, to me, to me, you know, that 90s hip-hop was the golden age that, has set the foundation for what's come after that. For me, personally, after listening to a lot of the stuff that Sean introduced me to, it got me interested in what they were sampling. You know, like the old school, you know, 60s funk, 70s funk stuff, or, you know, R&B that these old school hip-hop guys would dig in the crates to find out. And I think when, when you understand, like, the history and the foundation of hip-hop, I think it's very... It's useful, and it, it opens you up to different groups and sounds that you have never heard, or that you've heard, but you didn't know where it came from. Sean, he had a different perspective than me, but he was thoughtful, and he was always a good guy about it, and even to this day. I mean, I, I haven't talked to him in a couple of years, but like if I call him up right now, I have a feeling we would just pick up like we never left off. That's the one thing about Sean. I, I know he's doing good, no doubt about it. Hopefully you guys figured out what the concept was this time around. If you did, hit me up, 10songs, Aaron at gmail.com. Like and subscribe. Give us a good rating. Yada, yada, yada. Hopefully you guys are doing well out there. I'll talk to you guys later.